Greetings. Yeah, greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome. Hello, gentlefolk of the internet. We are back. Thank you so much for joining us. That is a sound wave that makes me feel real good. Oh, yes. Look at that. That looks much you better. You can't see this sound wave in the audio equipment that we're working with right now, but we've upgraded. Now you can see. Where are we? What are we doing? What are we're we doing? Sitting, we're sitting in your studio. We're sitting in my studio. This is the... The Kindness, Kindness Economy, Economy Podcast. Oh, God, yes. The Kindness Economy Podcast. We've got to learn all our lines all over again. No, it's all cool. It's cool. It's cool. Learning is a wonderful thing. It really is. And <laughs> I am one of your hosts. I am Bonus Parent Baba or Rebecca. You'll find me at Bonus Parent Baba on the internet. This is my co-host. Yes, I am Courtney. Um, my business is Seeking Solutions. And you can find me on Twitter at Seeking Solutions, on Instagram at Seeking Solutions. And yes... I have like started using Facebook again, Seeking Solutions Oak. Uh, <laughs> we got to get back to Facebook as much as we don't want to. It's going to be back. I, oh. And this week we're going to talk about I had my birthday party, which was super fun. Yeah. I was sober for it. birthday anniversary. Birthdayversary. We have a squeeble update and I want to say welcome to retail for the people doing services on Amazon. Services. Ah, uh, I want to talk more about community because I'm big on that um i want to revisit basic functioning as a person not in the abstract but as it applies to me and organizing for everybody no matter yeah no matter how they show up in the world so first we're going to start out with our self-care yeah as we move from the heart outward want to remind our listeners our format is we talk about our self-care first and then we move outward into the world to do business and for my self-care, my meditation, I am on day 49 Ooh. of meditating in a row. Ooh. And I'm really just pumped to get two stars. And I know we talked about the carrots and the sticks and the whatever. Yes. And it's a video game and they've gamified meditation. And I'm so here for that. So <laughs> here for it. And um, yeah, I'm getting two stars tomorrow. <gasps> Super into it. And the best thing that I've noticed so far that was like, what just happened to my body? I am one of those people that it doesn't matter what's happening on the TV. When the strings or the piano, the sad piano strings thing starts, Mm -hmm. I'm crying Uh, immediately. As soon as someone on TV is crying, I'm totally crying. I'm on that ride. You're reactive. And I don't watch scary things. Uh I don't watch anxiety things. I just, I just, no, no, I don't like panic attacks. I'm not going to watch that for fun for an hour a week. That sounds like a really (laughs) terrible way to spend my time. No. But I was watching Shark Tank because I like that kind of thing. (laughs) And they get the tearjerkers going, right? And like, it took me a second to realize I wasn't crying. Mm. And I was like doing the detached, like, yeah, I hear your pianos. Yeah, yeah, here it comes. And then I realized I wasn't on the ride. And I was like, I literally got so excited. I started weeping with joy. It's just, so they got you. It's a, it's a separate. Other way. It's a separate. It, that, that was me. I was okay. crying for myself, not for that lady. <laughs> That's nothing to do with that lady. I was crying for me. Oh, we did. We did peak there. That's okay. That's oh. all right. We're gonna do it. All right. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, See, we can track our levels. We can so do that. But look at that beautiful level. Anyway, don't get distracted. Shiny. Ah. Oh. It is shiny. So it the meditation, uh, the being, the realizing. Oh. That's not, I'm not on that ride. Mm-hmm. That's not mine. She's on that ride. Mm-hmm. I see her. I acknowledge her sadness. I am not sad. So that is my new, ooh, 
I bet that's meditation related. Signs point to yes. Mm -hmm. What am I on? I think I'm on day 80 something in a row. Um, I think I'm two days away from two red stars or something like that. I love double star day. So good. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, but again, it's, I, I mentioned this before I do guided meditation because I need, I need, I need the rabbit. Um, I took a swing at doing some silent, just focusing on my breathing five minutes Mm. and I celebrate that. No, I celebrate with you (laughs) and I move on because, ah, need a rabbit, need a rabbit to chase. Oh yeah. What happens for you? When you In, when you're like no I'm done now what is happening for you when I'm doing the silent meditation mm-hmm. um it's well I set it for five minutes so I know that there's an end and I know that it's not okay way far off um, but when when I hit the second bell like the ding there's that um, that deep like <sighs> okay. Whew. Like you're like holding was, your breath. Yeah, and, but not quite holding breath, but it's like I'm in this state, I'm in this state, I'm in this state, and then when I hear the bell, it's like, okay, okay. Um, it's, there's effort in holding still mm. and holding that, and I'm aware of the effort. Or let me back up. I become aware of the effort that I am expending to hold myself in that space the second I hear that bell. Because there's right. the, oh. You get that, that release. release. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is a thing, and that is real. And maybe that means I need to be doing more. Well, there's that word need, but maybe maybe there's something to be gained from doing more silent mm-hmm. meditation. But I don't really go there. Mm-mm. It's too tempting. I don't, yeah. Mm. It's too tempting. To fall asleep. That is what I've heard. <laughs> This morning I was like, oh God, I'm a beautiful tree. And like going through this whole yeah. tree thing. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, no sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if I try it first thing in the morning or last thing at night. And if it's quiet, I just conk right out, which is great for falling asleep, but not so great for actually sitting with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. doing anything now. Yeah, so it's like, I, I, I kind of want to like, give acknowledgement that not everybody sits for long stretches of time. And even though I have 80 some odd days in a row of doing this, it's not, it's not this, you know, sort of monastic, quiet sort of thing. I do struggle with it. And I think the struggle is just part of it. So, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, this is something I'd like to check out. This is something that intrigues me in some way. Give it a give it a shot. See how that works out. Because you know, that's you don't know until you try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like do it, do it. I can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the meditation part for me right now. How's your fitness? The fitness fitness is actually going pretty good. Um, I'm back in my groove. Um, sort of fell off the wagon when we were traveling over the holidays. Like I was doing small, like body weight sort of things, but not massive Mm -hmm. lifting heavy items or doing pull-ups or anything like that. Um, And now we're back to that. And getting back to that led to a lot of soreness because my body was like, hey. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. 
and coming back to it and working through like sitting with the soreness like wow this this kind of hurts and i'm just gonna roll with it and be with it work through it um this week has been good though um a lot of the soreness has dissipated and i feel aware of my body in ways that i'm like okay yeah um sore hip all right that that's a sore hip i moved in a way that was sort of funky like I, I do a squat and I hear my knees go crack. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's real. That's, mm-hmm. These are 43-year-old knees. They're moving parts. They're going to have some some opinions when I put them in positions. Um, but yeah, that is, that is the fitness. My fitness got off because of mm. the work, building mm-hmm. the studio. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been feeling like most of my fitness is taking the piles of stuff down the stairs. For which I'm covered in bruises. Everyday actions count. Mm-hmm. There was. I'm very proud of myself though for getting, like, huge bags filled with stuff that was very heavy, mm-hmm. and making a sled out of cardboard to get it down the stairs. Yes. And uh, my forearms and shins are just covered in bruises. And then you get it to the part right be- where the trash area is, and I can line up the trash container right under the banister like just the, shove it shove it right off the stairs into the container oh i'm so proud of myself to get all of that out of there so those were sort of my workouts it's just like going up and down the stairs with laden yeah with things lifting heavy items and putting them back um, down again no matter what form it takes <laughs> and the like the first time i got back into the gym was actually yesterday and i am i am feeling it mm-hmm. in all my parts mm-hmm. but you know biceps look good on me yeah. i'm into that no, so it's a good thing that's more or less like the most of the like physical self-care yeah 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 i know you wanted to talk about body cold and i do i do too especially yeah. after that fitness yeah because yeah um so we talk about fitness and in the past we usually opened with fitness um because and we did it because of how it uh dealt with our own mental health and how we managed our own head weasels however i am feedback from the audience as well yeah but cognizant but i'm very cognizant of the fact that there is and i don't know what else to call it like I, i wrote body cult um if you talk about food if you talk about exercise like all of these things are used in society or have been used as a bludgeon to manage people um you don't look like a b c or d you don't fit this template of how you are supposed to exist in the world and that usually comes from somebody way outside that has no relevance in your life or uh intimacy with your own lived experience and I think a lot of the things that involve your body inherently kind of involve your lived experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, and sort of centering this idealized existence. You eat this way, you do these things, you take these actions, and this, re- like, and I'm using air quotes here, but like, this redeems you in the eyes of the world. And it's kind of bullshit. And I don't want to and yeah that's part of us like kind of backing up off of the um, 
the emphasis on fitness because I want to acknowledge various forms of self-care, even though physical exertion is a form of self-care and maintenance for me. That's not a universal. And I, I just want to be cognizant of that. I want to make, like, make room for various forms of taking care of yourself. Um, so yeah. Totally. And I, I feel like naming it, like saying this is something that exists in the world and it's kind of fucked up, is a way of saying here is a thing that we see and we can't address it directly or come up with any sort of meaningful change around it until you go, hmm, all right, that's a thing. That's there. Let's give it a name. Let's start to address it. Let's look at it. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down at the table with it and work on it. Like, let's, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if there's feedback, I'm happy to listen. Like, because I, I kind of want this to be a two-way thing. Totally. Like, like, but I want to acknowledge that. I think there's also just, it's difficult if you're just showing up right now to realize that the the longer journey, like you were saying, what your journey is in your body, mm -hmm. but just the, like specifically the what we've been through mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. figuring out how to eat in a way that isn't like painful all the time. Yeah. Like, like... <laughs> I make decisions on what I eat because the things that I eat, if it's wrong, it's going to hurt real bad. Yeah. And you catch hell. It's not worth it. And it's just trial and error. Now, uh, I can only eat like a little handful of things and I do what I can to enjoy those things. Mm. And if I don't exercise regularly, I'm going to be mentally and physically non-optimal. And the things that I'm doing to take care of myself is the by any means necessary this is what I'm doing to take care of myself. And I encourage any human with the ability and access to do so by any means necessary, whatever it takes for you to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what the segment is for us. This is what we're doing to take care of ourselves and encouraging anyone, giving, your, giving every single listener, if you don't feel like you have it already, you have permission to take care of yourself to the best of your ability and access. Yeah. And that's what we're doing with yeah. this beginning of the segment is just letting you know what we're doing and hopefully giving folks permission to, and again, by any means necessary, if it works, rock it. it, you know, like there's a lot of stuff. Like I was talking about last week, the, the stuff that I do is like straight up considered quackery on the internet and I don't care. It works. <laughs> it's not my problem that some doctor gets butt hurt because I'm not going to see them instead of my other doctor that works for me. Yeah. Suck it, bro. It's yeah. so not my problem. No. I need to take care of myself. Yes. And so it's really about giving people permission to mm -hmm. do that for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I want to talk about like a quasi self-care, quasi like community. I am digging into my relationships of codependency. Mm. And like I had sort of, you know, the subtle ways that I have codependency with my partners, I'm already in conversation with them about that and mm -hmm. dealing with that. Mm -hmm. But like addressing friendships, like I read Codependent No More and as dated as it is, it is super dated and it's super challenging. I think also if you're an atheist, cause it's very God heavy. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm pretty good at filtering that out. Like yeah. I don't need to hear that. Being able to pick what you can use from something is a very useful skill. <laughs> it is certainly a useful um, perspective and it's got a lot of really good information in there. And just to realize, oh wow, I totally have several friendships that are just really codependent and not serving me and putting me in a position of, I'm a very loyal person. Mm -hmm. um, but my therapist has, last week was like, yeah, but, but, but loyal to what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you being loyal to yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you being loyal to a self that's 10 years ago? Are you being loyal to self that's maybe 20 years ago? Maybe that self was kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so just sitting with, oh, I carry a lot of weight in connections on social media and connections all over the place. I don't, I put a lot of energy into things I maybe need to not or just do less of. I'm going to start with like less of. And see how that goes. But I'm like finding myself exhausted over silly things and being like, oh, wait, maybe I should not expend energy in these places that I don't I don't feel it reciprocated in any helpful or healthful way. Yeah. No, that that is very real. Uh, and actually talking about the community part of that. Um, mm -hmm. I I interviewed someone over the past week who has a very large project ahead of them. And while they... One of the things that they need the most is someone in the room, people around them. Uh, there is a need for community there. Uh, but... It seems like there has been active pushing of folks away. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to see the impact of the absence of community or the absence of someone who's like someone in your life who you can go, hey, I need this or I, I, I'm feeling squishy. I, mean, I need it, help. I need the backup. Just someone to hang out. Yeah. You don't need a, a lot. No. Sometimes you just like, sometimes getting your chores done is super helpful to just have somebody in the room to chat to. Exactly. And I've talked about this before. It's called body doubling where like mm. it helps people with who may have some sort of issue around executive functioning and like getting focused enough to do the thing and having someone else. When you say executive functioning, that tell is me. the prefrontal cortex. Like okay. this part of the brain, I'm pointing at my forehead. Um, <laughs> But this part of the brain right here, uh, it's it's the CEO. It's like, hey, there's this thing you want to do. And it sort of maps out and plans at like, if you do this, then this will happen. After which this will fall into place. And then you can do this. Okay. Like it's sort of the logistics. That linear long, long like view. Long, yes. the, the, the long view. Mm -hmm. Some people don't, aren't tied into the long view. Hmm. And that's... You, you meet people where they are. But an easy way to tap into the prefrontal cortex is to have someone else in the room. Just the presence of another body, somebody that you, like, it has a discernible impact. Um, 
And that's what I will tell people. Like, before you call, like in a professional capacity, before you call me, call your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, even the 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 book, the the four tendencies that we talked about last year, mm-hmm. that is incredible. Most people are obligers. Mm. Most people deal with external expectation better than they deal with their own internal expectation. Mm. So things like the, the easiest thing you can do to make progress in a lot of ways is get a coach. Because there's somebody else. Then there's that you've externalized that expectation. Now yeah. you, you don't want to disappoint your coach. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint your friends. Like now it becomes like you can use that to better yeah. yourself and the people around you. And it's not even a deliberate sort of, oh, I've brought this person in the room so I can't disappoint them. But it's, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to say that it's like driven by yeah, disappointment, yeah, yeah. but it is like, a, oh, there's someone here. And it's, I feel supported almost. It's not like. So I would actually, I would qualify that by saying when you start mm-hmm. and you still don't have that like self-worth worked out. Then yeah. yeah. So that, when you're, I'm just saying like when you get there, when you're just getting started and you actually don't feel like you're worth the thing to do the work. It is. That's your first step is I don't want to disappoint my coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If it gets you moving, it gets yeah. you moving. You know, and then you can work on your self-worth later and be like, actually, I did that for myself because I totally yeah. deserve this. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed the support. You just needed the support. And and realizing that you getting yourself the coach mm-hmm. is you supporting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that you just have to finish the loop. Yeah. But that first step, you're like, nah, I'm going to do it for this person. That's eh, fine. No, that's legit. Mm-hmm. That's legit. I know. So the absence of community is sad, you're saying. <laughs> the <clears throat> absence of com- it's sad, and it also has a very real impact on mm. people's outlook and functioning. Um, mm-hmm. To not be able to reach out for support and to not get that sort of boost just from companionship. Um, like there is an epidemic of loneliness mm-hmm. in this country. Um, it's evident abundantly evident with senior citizens and honestly i think it's filtering down mm-hmm. into younger and younger age cohorts i like no really get get social even if you're an introvert that doesn't doesn't mean, exempt you from the needs of social interaction yeah like there's being the hermit wrapped in robes and it's like i am above all of this and like no like yes community is messy and yes you wind up like having to say this person is bad (laughs) we agree is this like everybody i okay yeah um but like it's it's necessary like we're social creatures Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like i don't know i might piss somebody off with that one but i do believe it like even as an introvert you need that you Mm -hmm. need that contact and it really does help with your functioning I mean, a lot of it is the outcomes of, I mean, I would say the failure of the nuclear family. Like, Ooh, yeah. oh, like talk to me, talk like, to me about that. We don't that. need our own tiny castle in the suburbs. Mm-mm. Like that is really expensive, honestly, wasteful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you, what, you shipped your grandma out to a someplace else? Like, ah, oh, no, that's super weird. No, like, I don't need that. Like a- rethinking what was presented to us. And I, can I go off a little bit yes, about please. architecture and what it says about society? Oh, yes, please. I mean, well, because, <laughs> well, I'm using, using your place as an example mm-hmm. and um, saying, hey, 
looking at the lamp. This is what an Edwardian building. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like looking at it and sort of what is it? Edwardians, the nineteen teens. I think so. Like right before World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, then they and, go into like a Spanish look. Yeah, but the layout. I think my first question at one point was like, you know, was this a single family home? When it's currently not a single family home, this is a multi-unit building. Um, but pointing out that the layout of rooms in various places were meant for your staff. I remember when we brought it up because we were talking about, about the closets. Closet size, yeah. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure this was the kids' room mm. because uh, the closet is so small. Mm-hmm. But if you go into this other room, there's actually two closets. One of them has a vanity in it and was obviously set up to have a sink there. Mm-hmm. They have the old pipes. There's not obviously not working, but yeah, there was but water like, running was in there. there. And then there's another uh, closet and it's like double stacked. Like yeah. you can put two rows of clothes in there. So there's... So the way it's set out is like the kids' room with the tiny closet Mm -hmm. is connected to the parlor where the fireplace is. And so the kids could get up in the morning and play and presumably the older kids would start the fire if it wasn't done so by the staff. Mm. There used to be another wall in the kitchen. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was a door there Mm -hmm. that goes to the other stack that's on around the corner. They enter through the other entrance the original plans for this building only had three addresses okay. for the for the main side. Yeah. The side entrance, all of those apartments have these tiny, tiny closets mm-hmm. until you get to the very, very bottom floor, and then there's just literally none closets. <laughs> Zero closets. There's just, like, closet space under the stairs. Yeah. And that is the only closet space they have. Well, like, I've, I've worked in various buildings. Like, I got to, I get to see a lot of architecture. Which and is super cool. one of the things that I've noticed in a lot of uh, homes from this era is the ones that have been carved up. You can see where there used to be servants' quarters. Uh, a lot of times they're either in the back end of the building, back where mm-hmm. you were gesturing, yeah. or on the top floor where they would like be up and then like come down into the home and then go back up. There's usually like back stairs or something. And part of my am- amusement, bemusement, um, at looking at all this is that this, these, these, these are not suburban homes, Mm-mm. but part of the fam, like post-industrial revolution, nuclear family sort of existence depended on external labor that they just bought in house. So a lot of expectations around the way a household is supposed to function, all these aspirations that people have as far as all the way home life is supposed to be, I'm using air quotes, is that you're trying to achieve this state that is unachievable without the input of multiple people outside of your like family unit. Family unit mm-hmm. is also in air quotes, but so you're having to bring in outside people in order to get to this state. So people beat themselves up trying to achieve that level of home functioning and display and you know exhibition it's bizarre without having support staff mm-hmm. for lack of a better term like, mm-hmm. like you have to have it have, to, yeah. to achieve that 50s life you had to have outside support staff and it's this weird combination of 
borrowing from feudal society that you should get your own little castle yeah. you get the help but you don't you don't want them there with you yeah no you, but they can come that, in on the bus or something that that's shatters fine. the illusion of self-sufficiency that's right I'm, but then like a few generations later everybody forgot that we had staff we we've denigrated them in this place because we're just like oh well most of it's immigrant labor anyway i can't even hardly talk to these people they just clean my house <sighs> it's like that's yeah that's what we've outcome to it's just yeah, like that's where we this are this is a really new system let's do something else please yeah i am down with the something else yeah that's where the again we're naming co-parenting it. was a thing yes. was another thing that you can do instead mm -hmm. intentional co-parenting is an option for building family in, in like a sort of tiny village format within an urban setting so that you do have more adults there is more resources is more just labor spare to do the things oh my <sighs> Oh, talking about spare adults, and this is something I didn't write down on the notes. Go ahead. Uh, Roy and I hosted a, we opened our home for a friend to host a four-year-old's birthday party. <gasps> you should see the look That's on Rebecca's so face right cute. now. <laughs> um, we are not parents. Mm -hmm. We have friends who are parents, obviously. <laughs> and uh said friends had didn't have enough room to like host a full-on mm -hmm. children's party so we were like yeah sure come on use our house and it was great because we got to see a lot of the parents in our circles that are still in the trenches mm -hmm. and like beholden to they the kids nap schedules yeah social life yet yeah so there's like so what's been going on and they point at the kid and i'm like oh yeah right yeah adorable adorable good job yeah it's like it's awesome it's awesome but i'm also uh behind that very aware of the value of the spare adult theory mm -hmm. because oh my god like just the energy that these kids exude wears you out oh mm -hmm. uh, and the other parents were very amused <laughs> and roy and i are going oh my God, this is a lot. And they're like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for hosting. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. And then everybody left and the house was fine. And we promptly passed out. We were in bed by what, 8, 8.30? It's, it's nice. just tired. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very tired making. Um, but we're still good on time. I just I can't see it because the lights are so bright now. Because we're filming right in addition in to face. it, just can't see anything on there. Um, <laughs> but no, like having having that little taste just gave me a deep appreciation. I was contacting so many people the next day, like I appreciate you for choosing to parent a child. <laughs> it was actually glorious this weekend. I had my birthday party. Yes, and to be able to like they're just running around like mad things. Mm. Not my problem. I'm yeah. off duty. <laughs> I wasn't I mean, I'm not going to be a jerk about it I'm not like feeding them cookies but like yeah they're running around like crazy when they melt down not my problem somebody else is going to take care of that they're going home it's my fine. birthday my birthday I'm off duty it was really cute they actually like, left their shoes and their jackets here they left in such a rush wow <laughs> which is fine because I'm going to take them to school the next day so yeah, you'll see them bring it's... them their shoes and their jacket no big deal <laughs> <laughs> but like that redundancy that support for mm -hmm celebration for needs for whatever comes up is so yeah. important i just the nuclear family and the just stranger danger has done so much bad for our 
communities and neighborhoods and like how do you how do you support one another if you're afraid of each other and don't have any friends yeah like how do you reach out i think that's our segment yeah uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so we'll be back and we're back yeah to give you the business the business section so i want to start with progress on the podcast because it's been yeah. really really great yeah like the we got another one of our more than 15 downloads a day mm-hmm. which is a lot for us i know that there are podcasts that make money perhaps uh, they no. get more than 15 a day but real. between 15 and 20 a day is a really lot for us and i'm super stoked to get that oh let's celebrate that so our first episode got that mm-hmm. and i'm waiting according to the internet and the people that i trust um they recommend you wait until you have three episodes posted before you try for itunes okay and um we'll see if it matters i don't know but i'm just gonna wait and do what they say doesn't hurt to to do that follow directions i know right Uh, so um that's sort of the idea uh my our our host transistor Mm-hmm. will automatically post to Spotify. Yes. And I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of my friends who listen are already listening on Spotify, so that's great. Yes. They're already good to go. They could start subscribing there. Please subscribe. I would love to hear from you in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, I have already submitted to Google Podcast. It's going to take a, whenever they figure out what to do. They're going to get back to us. Okay. And then in three weeks, I will post or I will apply for itunes okay once we are with all three of those platforms Mm -hmm. um, i'm also going to mess with soundcloud but i don't suspect it's going to take as long as itunes once itunes is complete i will then turn off housewife biz life Uh, so that rss is going to no longer be uh, available the current rss for the present podcast is available right now on spotify yes so you can subscribe there if you would like to yes um, and I'll let you know as soon as the other availability is there. And until that availability is there, we're going to continue posting to Housewife Biz Life. But once I have the other platforms, there's no reason to continue doing that double work. So just yeah, be just advised, have- listeners, if you are listening via iTunes, it's going to be another probably four to five, maybe as much as six weeks before we iTunes is over. ready for you. But eventually you're going to have to move over because I'm going to stop posting at housewifebizlife.com. Yeah, but you can find us on Spotify right now. Mm-hmm. And our website is already up. Yes. And we are totally open to feedback at mm-hmm. uh, oh, kindnessecon at gmail.com to yes. send us emails and feedback that we would love to hear. Help us make this better for you. Let us work collaboratively Absolutely. together to make this amazing thing for everyone because I want to do that. We're building a community. Yeah. Damn it. Super into it. And so the new website is up um, at kindnessecon.com. And yeah. I think that's all the housekeeping, yeah? That is most of the housekeeping. Okay. I'm also not going to be running ads for a little while just because like uh, it's my birthday. And like last weekend I had a party. Yeah, and fuck that. next weekend I'm going to a hot spring. Oh, so, so jealous. So I'm posting oh. this and going immediately to soak in a hot tub oh it's gonna be like spending three days in a hot tub i'm gonna be so wrinkly Mm. so gloriously it's gonna be good (sighs) happy birthday to me i envy no ads for you sorry folks (laughs) (laughs) there it is look at that peak Uh, yep clip learning how to use the gear too okay what are you up to 
uh, uh, work work has been jumping. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been lots of clients, lots of inquiries, um, some of which pan out, some are unfolding very slowly. Um, everybody moves at their own pace. So right. people will call me and then disappear for a month and then get back in touch with me or, you know, the six weeks, two weeks, six months. But there are a couple of those rolling along in the background. And in the meantime, I've got shorter, faster clients that are like, I need this. Okay. I want to work on this project. Okay. Um, so my, my systems for my business, as far as like doing invoices and keeping track of my hours and mileage and all of that sort of thing, I have systems in place. But they're starting to get a little frayed. Over time, as things, levels of intensity, um, volume of work, things like that change, or, you know, the type of work, or even, and I've noticed this, even something as small as like temperature shifts in your house or your office Mm -hmm. will change, in my house or my office, will change my workflow. Uh, it will make me say, hmm, I think I will take my laptop and work on the couch today, which is not bad. I will still have a productive day, but I'm out of my space. So then I won't do the same things in the same order mm-hmm. and things will kind and of, you're going to like lose that 10 to 20% of inefficiency of not being in the space, in the space. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so with the combination of drifting around the house because it's winter and it's still a little bit cold and having the increased intensity of work some of my systems have been slipping and i'm just trying to figure out okay how you know physician heal thyself uh what do i do in order to get my groove back as far as functioning in my own space and it's it's funny and it's also kind of vulnerable because it's like wait i'm supposed to be doing this for everybody else and i can't i'm a failure i am the world's worst organizer and i feel like that's very unlikely yeah no i and and i i tell the given the mediocrity in the world i'm gonna think you're not the worst i tell the (laughs) head weasel like i appreciate you looking out for me um Mm. yes that's something i've started doing lately you're so nice to your head weasel yeah no it's head weasel is trying to look out for me misguided though it may be and tightly wound, little ooh, weasel. So tightly wound. <laughs> but you know, acknowledge it. It is. It's a defense mechanism, run amok. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so much empathy. Yeah. I want to choke with. <laughs> not helpful though. It doesn't no, help. It never no, helps. No, it absolutely does not. So yeah, just kind of learning how to fix, and it's. Even though I want to fix these things in my own systems, in my own life and space and whatnot, I still have to keep going. So I will describe this process to clients as fixing the engine on a moving train. That seems reasonable. Yeah, like the train is chugging along and it has, it's like a 70s action film or something. Like the train is just chugging along and you gotta like crawl along the outside as it's moving and like look at how it's all I want to be galloping and- on a horse. <laughs> Can I gallop alongside on a horse? I don't even know how to ride a horse, but it seems like this is no, what I would want to do. No, it's going to be fabulous. Yes. That, that's the sort of thing that's happening. You have to like keep pace with this train 
as it's sort of like shambling along, like barreling along with things falling off of it. And it's like, all right, uh, we're going to fix this somehow. Um, give me a wrench. Like, uh, yeah. It's, so being able to keep that functionality rolling along while like, testing oh. in production. <laughs> That's what we do here. We test in production. Nobody I has time we... to test before production. No. Who has time for that? No. You just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Barreling ahead. Yeah. If you start killing people, maybe stop. I would advise that. Just just like, saying. Try not. I would say actively try not to kill people. I mean, I might be a little bit of an idealist, but yeah. You but, can't stop the world. Mm-mm. You don't get to stop. You just have to keep going. Yeah. But it's also... Uh, I feel like a lot of people don't start. Yes. Because they want the systems first. Yes. And that's not how it works. No, you have to have You something. have to go and then you develop systems and then you keep going and then the systems start to fall apart and then you rebuild the systems. Yeah. That's the game. Refine the systems. Mm, refine. Refine. Oh, yes. yes. I love refined things. That sounds yeah. way better. Refining right. is fixing mm. that went to finishing school. Oh. <laughs> That sounds fancier. I mean, yeah, this is for fineness. Yeah, no, we got some, we got some stuff. Let's fix it. So I have, yeah. I have a present. I got yeah. it for my birthday at my birthday party. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a squeeble. Uh huh. So, it's squishy. I kind of low key got mad at my friend because it took me forever. I've been talking to her about these squeebles and about her little monsters for a really long time, mm-hmm. and it only just occurred to me that they are one of a kind. Each little squeeble. Mm-hmm. is a single thing. I thought she was like making a character and then reproducing that character with these other materials. Oh. And she's not. It's just one. She makes one and there's one. And I was like, okay, so how do you scale that? And I was already thinking like, okay, how do you scale if it's just one? And I was like, well, maybe she picks some of the favorite characters and you you get different materials that are different and cheaper and more abundant and then you can mass produce that but in like small quantities but still drives the cost down to where you know it's not hundreds of dollars a unit but like maybe 30 to 50 dollars a unit to sell mm-hmm. and now that i know that they're like one of a kind i'm like she should be selling those one of a kind ones for thousands of dollars yeah and she she showed up to my birthday party with this pillow and I and I know you get the video if we actually put this on YouTube which may or may not happen but whatever I'm gonna get there um, but it's her logo squeeble and so she's the print is her design mm-hmm. and the the fabric on the back is is upcycled nice fabric it feels amazing it's super soft I was I was fondling yeah. it earlier um, but this sort of would be like the lithograph option for her art is this little pillow person but it's like it's printed on Mm -hmm. instead of painted instead of um one of a kind single thing this is so cool it is it's adorable um so yeah just like i love the idea of just being creative with your product to get different um price points to get your product more availability the other thing i want to talk to her about when i actually get the meeting with her in time is um finding and partnering with an animator oh um to create stories and promotion materials that are just like 
you know, little kid cartoons, you know, and then which case this product is better suited for small children. Like nobody's going to spend, you know, a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on a stuffy for a child. No, that doesn't make any sense. Especially after seeing the, the living room full of children. <sighs> yeah. They're not good to their stuff. No, absolutely not. No, it's not, it's not a thing. Um, but just creating a different type of product that is more available to small children and, um, partnering with an animator to just do that like semi-constant promotion of like, these are the squeebles. This is what they do. They mm. make little stories, you know, they learn important lessons about life, yada, 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 you know? <clears throat> so that's sort of, I was so stoked that like, I was already thinking, oh, I didn't know this was one of a kind thing. And then like two days later she walks in and she's like, oh, I made this pillow. <laughs> I go, surprise. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I love, I love, I love it when my clients are working. I love it because it just means that they're going to make money. Mm. That's what I want. I want them to make it's money. Like you're doing the thing. Yeah. And it's kind of awesome. Yeah. <gasps> no, it's your turn. It's my turn. Yeah, I see you looking at my list. It's your turn. It's my turn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is my, again, yeah. my work is like super ethereal. That's and like, yeah. Product? showing up as me showing Prodding up product no you're yeah. not the product i don't yeah i don't have i i am the product <laughs> you get me right but uh, it's brains as a service yes actually it is mm-hmm. uh showing up as me <laughs> that's mm, since i've been working a lot and working with a lot of different kinds of people i've been examining how i show up with each person how much of myself do I disclose? I generally don't mm-hmm. disclose much. Like if you're not in my friend circle, like I have worked with some friends before, but, and they know things about, like our friends know stuff about mm-hmm. each other, but uh, they, the people that I work with that don't know me, then there's like this constant calculus cranking along in the back of my head, like, hmm, how much do I disclose? How much of myself <clears throat> do I let hang out there? Can I trust them? It's a trust game. Yeah, I mean, and I understand that they're trying to figure out whether or not they can trust me to welcome me into their home or into their office or to trust me with their thoughts or their things. And I'm actually doing that same you know, like rapid fire calculus and like evaluating the situation. Is this okay? Um, one of the other things that's part of that is that uh, evaluation of am I safe? Mm-hmm. That's a different topic. Yeah. But it is part of that. But it's a part of it. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword mm. where like if you have a real jobby job mm-hmm. and you go in, people are really comfortable with certain lifestyles that are very common. So if you're a part of that heteronormative lifestyle, you're perfectly free to talk about your life. Yes. It is not a problem. No one's going to have any questions. Yes. It's going to be super easy. Yes. If you're not of a heteronormative background, it's not as not easy. Not going to be able to do that. And until very recently, it's actually been dangerous to disclose anything out of a, a heteronormative reality. Yes. And the flip side of that is 
when boss is looking for promotion, if they feel like they don't know you, they're not going to give it to you. Yeah. So you can cultivate an air of, uh, deliberately cultivate an air of mystery as a self-defense measure, which I have done in business, like office environments. And it can completely undermine your career prospects. Yeah. Because you can't go up unless they know you, I Mm. say in quotes. Yeah. So if they don't know your secrets, they're not going to tell you their secrets. No. On the flip side, there have been occasions where I have laid down, I'm making a card, like card laying down gesture, but like I have laid down. No, I've laid down like, okay, I'm going to tell you this thing about me that is kind of weird and I'm going to see if you respond. And it's it's sort of a bid for intimacy in a way. Um, And it's odd because it's intimacy with a stranger. But, and one of the things I'll say as I start to get comfortable with them, with the client, is uh, depending on the scale of the job, I'm going to get all up in their shit. And I will find a lot of things. I will find a lot of things that are theirs. The organizer is going to find all of your sex toys. Not all of them, depending on like where you put some of them. But yeah. Your yeah. surgeon's going to find the other one. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> but um, no, there's there there is that that vulnerability there. Like as I'm getting in your stuff, I'm gonna get in your stuff. So it might help you to know that I'm not going to do a double take when I find your restraints or something like that. That sort of. Mm-hmm. But how do you communicate that in a professional? <laughs> so, yeah. It's okay. Maybe this is how I do that. I don't know. This is one of those ways. Yeah. Like, no, it, it's cool. It's cool. I am so cool with a phenomenal number of things. It's seen it already. Mm. Mm-hmm. She says with that glazed look. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole showing up and. I guess part of that is learning how to pick clients, Mm -hmm. which is why I interview clients now. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it's finding the, yeah, that's the other part of the codependency thing. Codependency in business, that will blindside you. It really will. Because you don't think about those, that type of interpersonal boundary setting in a, but it's so important. It's essential. Oh, yeah. And that like, I could imagine, especially when you're getting up in people's business, people would just be like, oh, this one's just like a kind of a cheap therapist. This looks, this is great. Let yeah. me unload on you. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that costs extra. Mm-hmm. And I'm one and two, I ain't a therapist. Mm-hmm. So boundary setting. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a last thing. A last thing? The Rantifesto. Oh. But the, we're not there yet. We're not at the Rantifesto. And so you have your organizing for every... Everybody. 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 Okay. Uh, dance. Dance party. Dance. 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 Uh, last week, in talking about KonMari, mm-hmm. um, I still haven't watched the show. 
Let me like preface it with that. Because I've been busy. Go figure. But, yeah. Um, was talking with someone at a party who has seen the show and read the book. And it's interesting because a lot of people have seen the show and haven't read the book. I've read the book and I haven't seen the show. So a lot of my statements are based on my experience of reading the book for work. Um, and one of the things that I brought up last night was talking about, or, and let me tie, I'm tying together two points from two different things. Last week I talked about the book being a translation right. for a different audience. Um, and one of the things that I said last night was about the audience that the book was originally written for does not look kindly on uh, not falling in line. Mm, mm -hmm. So any sort of meeting people where they are, um, like understanding different modalities. And I think I talked about this last week too, where people have different learning modalities. Mm -hmm. um, modalities are ways that you learn and it usually corresponds with one of the senses, you know, touch, hearing, uh, physical motion, taste, sight. smell, sight. Um, and people have favored modalities of existence, of moving through the world. And sometimes it corresponds with, you know, a sense. Sometimes it focuses more on cognitive capacity. Sometimes it focuses more on emotional capacity. And it varies from person to person, and that's cool. But that ver like allowing space for that variance, um, let's uh, means I meet people where they are. That's what I mean when I say people show up in the world as themselves. And it's like when I go to meet them and say, "Hey, let's work together," and we're all talking and getting to know each other, and we look at each other, and it's a relationship. But in that relationship, there's like sort of getting to know, okay, who are you and where are you in all of this? There are any number of ways you could be showing up in the world. What way are you showing up? Okay, I'll come. And that's, I mean, that's part of how I show up in general. But like, yeah, mm -hmm. let me come over to meet you. Let me come over and support you in your being. And that, devi that deviance, that, uh, and I'm like, deviance is in air quotes. But that sort of breaking from the deviation, rather than deviance, because deviance has another thing Thank to you. it. The, the, Thank you. The deviation <laughs> from the norm. I yes, think is a different concept than deviance. Devi yes, but that sort of uh, social uniformity, like this mm -hmm. is the way to exist in the world. That what we were just talking about the heteronormative, like this mm -hmm. is the way you exist in the office. This is the way you exist in the suburbs. This is the way you exist in like. Blah. This is all very new. It's all a construct. Oh. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Look at that. I turned and no clips. Oh. Boom. See, we're getting so meta right now. Just it's okay. We're going to get back to this. Back to your thing. Like, but, but allowing for that variance. Variance mm -hmm. is another word for it. Yeah. Um, allowing for that variance is something that I feel was missing from the book. I have no idea, again, I have not seen the show. I have no idea if that allowance exists in the show or not. And there was also laughter because they're like, well, you, you just said that you've been working all week. 
do you really want to come home and watch a show about what you've been doing? I'm like, no, Mm -mm. absolutely not. Mm -mm. That is not something I want to be doing. Also, I've had the fortune or misfortune of being on reality television. Oh. I've been... You've told me about this. Yes. I was on an episode of Hoarders. And that experience left a taste in my mouth. Contrived drama is terrible. Well, There's plenty of hard times in the world. You don't need to make shit up. But the thing that I noticed, and I don't know if like like people understand this, it's like pulling back the curtain, but they film so much footage. And there is contrived drama and uh, contrived conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can and, always tell. It always looks so fake. But Just... then, like in the filming of this, it's really the editor telling a story pasted together out of the footage they've collected over the time they've been filming. So I've like, I, on the one hand, I am very curious to see the show just to see what story has What's been the editor put to, doing. Yeah. What, what story has been put together and the editor's doing what the producer tells them to do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the back of the house that's actually setting the story, not the actual story that's happening within the house that mm. these hoarders are presumably filming. The, yeah. The so, hoarders, the show. The show, yeah. not the individual, because the individual is an individual. They are not a label. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> but, but yes, that's sort of, I'd, like, there is that curiosity of, like, okay, what is the story that the, the editors and the producers are trying to say? So... No, like I, I do feel obliged to read it. To read it, I read the book. I feel obliged to watch the show. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, to do that compare and contrast with what what I got as far as like the education part from reading the book mm-hmm. years ago versus what is being produced from it now, and yeah. Just curious. I think ultimately, if you're not really meeting people where they are and you're just sort of forcing them over the line, they're just going to end up back where they were. Yeah. You're not actually evoking any change in this human. And it's just like when you do a fad diet of whatever, like if you've not changed your lifestyle, like if, if it's not later really painful to eat that cake, you're going to eat the cake. Mm. Like it's painful for me to eat cake. I can't. I'm never going to eat cake again probably. <laughs> Unless I can, maybe, 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 I don't know. It's so scary. It's painful. Like, I'm like, oh, it's terrifying. But that that's a different game. If you're not really willing to make lifestyle changes, you can't actually expect lifestyle changes in the outcomes. Yeah. That, yeah. So, like, what I'm worried is happening is people are just getting rid of a bunch of shit that they're just going to buy more shit. <laughs> Which sort of brings me into... Our Rantafesto. There we go. This week's Rantafesto. I cannot promise that every week you will get a Rantafesto, but I have a feeling that this is sort of like the meat of the show is the Rantafesto. Rebecca has opinions. Some opinions to share. So in the news recently, it has come out that like Amazon is starting to basically um, make their small sellers be affected by the cost of storage which everybody's just up in arms like, oh my God, I have to pay for storage fees? And they're just like losing their minds over this. And it's like, actually, yes, everyone has to pay for storage fees for all the things that they have. And the Rantafesto for this week is called Welcome to Retail. And 
and it'll be a two-parter. The first parter is this is retail. It's called dead stock. If you've had it for six months on the shelf, it's dead now. You need to liquidate it. And that's how retail does business. They have a store filled with things, and if it hasn't moved in six months, it's costing them money based on how they've done their math. Hmm. And that's the way it works. And uh, I'm also listening to uh, Thomas Friedman's new book, Thank You for Being Late. And I love that man. <clears throat> He's obviously very smart. And I really hate him too because He's so smart, but how did you miss this? Like, he's so stoked about Amazon and the re reality that they have created billions of small businesses. Well, that's awesome. But all of those small businesses are sole proprietorships or a couple operating as a sole proprietorship. They're never going to have more than 10 employees. Mm -mm. And those, those billions of businesses that have been created by Amazon and the small sellers and Airbnb and the, the you know, the vacation houses and whatever, the consolidation is already happening. The reconsolidation is already happening. When I went to my Airbnb last time, I went to an office to check in. They gave me a little pamphlet in a folder. They have a dozen properties on the same road. They have the same cleaning service taking care of all of them. It operates out of the hotels.com where I booked it. It works exactly like a hotel now. The consolidation has already started. Mm. The consolidation for Amazon will continue and will be exacerbated by now they're actually charging these resellers for the cost of doing business. Why wasn't Amazon charging them for the cost of doing business before? That's an excellent question. Amazon has been operating at a loss for a very long? long time. They only just started making a profit. Bezos had a very, very big, broad vision and understood that to get to where he wanted to go, he had to operate at a loss for a very long time. And investors believed him. And he won. He won the game of retail. Because now he's got all these retailers operating on his platform and they don't even understand what retail is or how to do business because they've been coddled for years and now they're like oh my god oh my god you're gonna charge me for my dead stock like yes welcome to retail my friend mm -hmm. this is how retail works and there's no place else for them to go mm -mm. in all this mm -mm. they just have to sell their business to somebody who's willing to do it because they can make more money if they consolidate because that's how corporations operate these days now the question is in our second part is this really, really what we should be doing? Because uh, I don't think so. There's whole stores. And if you're talking about retail in apparel, the entire store of H&M has to be turned over three or four times a year. We are stripping resources out of wherever we can find it, making products that are destined for the landfill. Over and over and over again. This is what we do in retail. So it's the speed? It's not the speed. Mm. It's the inevitability. Mm. It's going to be garbage. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I said that last week. If but you're it's holding a, it. Yeah, it's just a matter of how long you, you get to use it, right? Mm -hmm. And with planned obsolescence that was really, really driven up in the 90s in particular, mm -hmm. 
because we had all those electronics in the 80s. That VCR from the 80s worked that for 40 years. Still works. And you just stopped using it because your your kids were making fun of the pushing the thing down instead of it feeding in like all the other kids. But it, it worked. still worked. They were designed to be worked on and fixed. And they're only just beginning to do that now with electronics because it's really just so expensive to produce it. And also everything that's made out of it is toxic as fuck. Right? Yeah. So we're only just starting to do that now. I believe that when the kindness economy expands and more people understand that we must do this, we're going to see more tailors. We're going to see more cobblers. We're going to see more people that are comfortable doing woodworking and metalworking and repairing electronics. Mm-hmm. It's already happening for electronics. Mm-hmm. My phone now costs me $1,000. You goddamn right I'm taking it to get repaired. <laughs> I'm not replacing it every time I break the screen. There's no way. Yeah. I broke, an, I broke an iWatch last night, an Apple Watch. <laughs> so in the future, there's these new jobs that are going to be reborn in the form of, I feel like, tailors and cobblers and especially electronics repair. Like it's just stuff we need to be, be willing to accept that these things need to be in our life for longer. Mm, okay, yeah. We need to be willing to think about our apparel as not being disposable. Do you got a question for you? Sure. That's like ties into that. Uh, do you follow Cora Harrington at all? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> she's the lingerie addict. Oh. Uh, she runs a blog. She's written a book. I I like the fancy under things, but she gets into a lot of the business of lingerie, and by extension, like really breaks down a lot of things in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. and talks about the physical labor that does or does not exist in various things and how people are so disconnected from their products. They just materialize whole, mm-hmm. cloth, whole cloth, pardon the pun, in their life. Just boom, it's right mm-hmm. there. And like There's no question. There's no mm-hmm. closeness to it or anything. We're only just beginning to have a conversation about having a closed loop. Like you can't just... Like, how, how does it even make any sense in business that your product is meant to be thrown away? Unless it's a fucking diaper or a garbage bag, it should not be made to be disposable like that. And, and, and the future definitely doesn't have space or time for people to be doing business that way. Like, it's just like that, that landfill, like the number of times we've had to build things on top of landfills, okay? Shoreline Amphitheater is one of them. It stank there for concerts for a real long time, but you still went. Yeah. The marina. Uh, The marina, which is a terrible place for the earthquakes. The, the, the landfill in Treasure Island right now, which is still so toxic, you can't even be there. Um... It's just in the future, we're going to have all these landfill spaces are going to end up being mines. We're going to start seeing shows about like where they have, you know, storage wars. I'm pretty sure the future has got junk sponsoring, you know, when they go to somebody's house and empty it out, everybody gets a truck that weighs roughly the same amount. Whoever can pull out the most valuable item from that truck wins a prize. (laughs) Like that's an outstanding show idea. And when you do that, God junk, you better pay me. But 
Like no, this is I, the future. I we love have that to junk. be able I use to them acknowledge for clients that this is going to go somewhere eventually. Are you really willing to make a product and shame people into buying it over and over and over again just to justify throwing it away? The throwing it away part is what And that's what we've breakdown. done in business right now. That's what capitalism has taught us is that Rather than making a product that can be used over and over and over again, or at least repurposed or recycled very easily, mm. we've, if you make it, if they, that just too, that's too hard. I don't want to think about that. This is working just fine. Why, why are you fucking with me? Like, but you're making me uncomfortable. I don't want to think about this. I thought about it 50 years ago. Fuck you. But I, uh, <clears throat> sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, I pointed at my jacket when you were talking about that because like this jacket is a world war ii naval officer's jacket however it's from world war ii and it things decay mm-hmm. like entropy is real that is a force that exists in the world and while it is decaying i love the cut of it it fits it's got pockets on the inside which is something that more like modern clothing, you're lucky to have pockets on the outside. That's a different rant. But when I got this and realized that it was starting to fall apart, instead of throwing it away, I took it to a seamstress and was like, I am not in the military. I have no interest in maintaining a military aesthetic, but I love this jacket Mm -hmm. and I want to patch it up and I want to fix it and I want to do it in a fun way I want to have fun with this and the seamstress was absolutely ecstatic like are you serious like you don't you don't want it to just look the same person like no 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 as a matter of fact I want you to have fun with it and she lit up it was so great um and it wasn't it didn't take a lot like it's just a pulp like she patched it with upholstery but I love it and again, the thing that I love the most about it is that it has two chest pockets, like big ones that mm-hmm. you can put all the things in. The, Little billowy bits. And yeah, there's like baffled pockets on the outside. They're wonderful things. <laughs> Excuse me. But people lose their minds over the aesthetic of the jacket. And I'm getting more com- comments and compliments on it actually over the past year, where there's commentary on, oh, that's, the first question is, was it designed to look that way? So the assumption is that that sort of distressed aesthetic is something that comes off the rack. And then two, oh, you worked with a seamstress that like you made that like yeah go find something mm-hmm. go find something and make it yours charity has done this with um tech t-shirts when mm. you work in tech you get tons and tons so of t-shirts. t-shirts just t-shirt 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 for everything yeah and what she does is she goes to a seamstress and has the seamstress sew the t-shirts into a dress for her okay yeah and so she's got this like it it, it looks like um uh night before christmas the the girl oh Oh, shoot. Anyway, the like, 
the the female lead in Nightmare Before Christmas, the like patchwork doll girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a patchwork dress like mm-hmm. that, and it's got like stitches and stuff, and it, it, it it's beautiful. Yeah, I love it, and it and it becomes like it's become her one of her signature looks is this patchwork dress thing that she does. So that was that was this week's Rantafesto about retail and yeah. um, welcome to retail, and we can totally do better. Like I think we can really do better, and I think we need to bring back these skills of tailors and cobblers and electronics repair and just taking care of the things that we have we don't actually have so much that we can just throw everything away we need to consider keeping it and repairing it and passing it on and what it feels like to have good quality things that doesn't feel like it's just meant to be thrown away although i will say not necessarily as a counterpoint but an, an adjunct too. Um, if you have things that are in your way and you're holding on to them because you don't want them to go to the landfill, mm-hmm. it's okay to let them go. That's a different story. Yeah. That's completely different. I'm talking about something you love and you're like, nope, I'm going to patch this jacket for the next 20 years because it's awesome. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that this jacket is going to be all patches mm-hmm. eventually. So that is this week's show. Ah. Let's yeah. wrap it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, gentlefolk of the internet. If you have any comments, please email us at uh, kindnessecon at gmail.com. Check out the website. Yes. Follow us on, it's already on Spotify. We'll have other platforms soon. That's true. Please be kind to yourself and the people in the world around you. Be kind, motherfuckers. <laughs> I hope to see you in the future.